This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host nurse practitioner, Mimi Secor. In Massachusetts, legislation was enacted mandating all citizens in the Commonwealth carry health insurance. With nearly 97% of the population now insured, this has created increased demand for primary care services and primary care providers. A shortage of primary care physicians was already at crisis proportions before this legislation was passed. This has been a call to action for the over 5,000 nurse practitioners in Massachusetts who are helping meet this unprecedented demand for primary health care. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, your host, and with me today is Dr. Marie Eileen O'Neill, nurse practitioner and health policy expert from Boston, Massachusetts, and longtime friend and colleague. Today we are discussing universal health insurance coverage in Massachusetts and the role of nurse practitioners who are helping to meet the demand for primary care services. Hello and welcome, Dr. O'Neill, to ReachMD. Thanks, Mimi. It's good to be here and wonderful to have the opportunity to speak about the advantages of having the robust number of nurse practitioners here in the Commonwealth that we do have. Yes, we're very lucky. Um, Since the passage of the legislation mandating all citizens carry health insurance, how is universal health care coverage working out in Massachusetts? Well, we've got the good and we've got the not so good. The good is that what we do have is we have an increased number of people, low-income adults, who now have regular access to primary care. And what we do know is that regular access to primary care is a good health outcome and it keeps cost of health care down. The not-so-good part is that there were more of those low-income uninsured people than we initially projected. How many, actually? Oh, you know, I'm really not a numbers person, but probably I would say somewhere in the maybe over 100,000 that we did not get a total headcount for that we realized were uninsured or underinsured. That's huge. That is huge. And the other piece is that those that are newly insured frequently come to the healthcare setting with long-term undiagnosed chronic health problems or chronic health problems that have been inadequately controlled or taken care of. So that drives the costs up. Right. So how are nurse practitioners helping to meet the increased demand for these primary care services and these most needy people? (laughs) Well, as you mentioned, we have 5,000 nurse practitioners here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and if you do the math, it's still not enough. But we have been more and more into uh, opening up our own practices. What we have seen also is an influx or an increase in the retail health setting clinics that afford access for common health illnesses. In addition, we're seeing more and more managed care panels and neighborhood health centers increasing the number of NPs that are on their panels. Sounds like quite a challenge that we're in the midst of here. Uh, Why is there a shortage of primary care physicians in Massachusetts and across the nation? Well, what we do know from the numbers is that more and more new medical school graduates are choosing specialty care and not primary care. And so that shifts the number of available providers from, you know, routine family care, if you will, into the different specialties, the road, as they call it, radiophthalmology, anesthesia, and dermatology. And the nurse practitioners tend to be, while specialized, we tend to be much more generalist. And so that's really what we need. That's exactly what we need. 
And why is it that that physicians are going more into specialty care? Probably much more lucrative, and family practice has sort of stayed level with regard to earning capacities, and reimbursement rates aren't exactly 100% either. So how can nurse practitioners help relieve the shortage of these primary care physicians? Again, what we've seen is we've seen at retail health clinics, which is at least one step into the healthcare system for those that are insured. The other thing is to begin their own practices. We've seen nurse practitioners go into communities where there have been no health care providers or the ability to retain health care providers has been difficult. People who are underinsured, underserved populations, nurse practitioners are branching into those areas to provide um, health care, setting up their own clinics, partnering with other health care providers in the community. Aren't there areas of the Commonwealth that are much more needy in terms of shortage of primary care oh, providers? Oh, absolutely. And you'd be surprised. I mean, places like Fitchburg, where a colleague of ours just yes. was brought in and, yes. and saw an influx in, in what I guess, over 500 patients in a month. Right, they increased right. the practice. But on the Cape and the Islands, also underserved. Living on an island isn't that great sometimes, I would surmise. Right. but. Even in the inner cities where either the population or where the providers can live is not as attractive. So the concept of medical home, what is that an opportunity to do in terms of addressing the shortage of primary care providers and also keeping costs down? Well, the concept of medical home is not new. The concept of medical home started years ago when you looked at children with special needs. And really, medical home is the concept of coordinated care. Now, we talked about medical home. The problem is when they, the physicians made it physician-driven, so they were the captain of the ship, if you will. Mm-hmm. The intent of it is to coordinate the care directed by a single provider, one person who's sort of the, not the captain of the ship, but at least the coach. What we see then is regular access or source of regular primary care, which is a associated with better health care outcomes, fewer admissions, fewer emergency department visits, a shorter lengths of stay, etc. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Marie Eileen O'Neill, nurse practitioner and health policy expert from Boston, Massachusetts. As we explore this conversation more about the medical home concept of care, I think of how under the primary care model, that also is a coordinated care concept. So I'm trying to think of the listeners and how we can further tease out how this differs from the model we're kind of used to in primary care and how NPs might fit into that. Well, NPs have long fit into this program Anyway, it's sort of we're sort of the invisible provider, if you will. We have been taking care of and coordinating care for patients throughout the history of, of nursing and throughout the history of nurse practitioners. We, the nurses, are always the people at the bedside 24-7, 365, who know when the person and when the patient who's in the hospital is getting sicker or getting um, into danger and who know how to coordinate the teams within the hospital to serve the needs of the patient. We take that expertise, we bring it into the community, and just like our physician colleagues, we manage the health care, and when a referral to a specialty is necessary or when you need a consult with somebody, you know, like we need another brain on the deck, we refer, we collaborate with each other. I've had many of my physician colleagues call me to assist with them. I'm diagnosing a patient or what would be the best treatment for that patient. And so it's something that we've always done. We're well prepared to do it. 
we have been successful and our quality of our care has been documented over and over again in primary care. The concept of the medical home is more about pulling in and under one roof people who go to the ear doctor for their ears and their nose doctor for their nose, et cetera, right. and really bring that all in and coordinate the care so there's no not only duplication, but with regard to medications that might not agree with each other. I mean, even all the ads say, you know, talk to before you go on this medication. I say, well, why doesn't your primary health care provider know that you're on these medications? Exactly. I always think now of the electronic medical record system within a lot of the hospital systems now where, you know, that's facilitated because we all have access to this electronic record where we can see what the visits are, who the providers are, what medications people are on. It's kind of facilitated by that process. See, that's my next before I die wish. See, it used to be before I die, I want people to know what a nurse practitioner is. Now everybody knows what it is. Now, before I die, I want all electronic health records. We all walk around with a little microchip in our pocket or wherever. So it has been talked about that nurse practitioners, can they really, are they really qualified to direct care under this model where their education is not equal to that of primary care physicians? I know we've been talking about this, but I just want a little more clarity for the listeners. Well, we're not as educated as the physicians are. It has been the sort of the sword that the physician groups banter around in fear. Right. We are all master's level prepared. We've come to, for the most part, come to the nurse practitioner role with multiple, multiple years of experience, both as a nurse and then as a nurse practitioner, as built on. And it's a building on. It's not a really an entry level. Right. I'm sure that you, I know that I, have mentored many a medical student and saved not only the patients but the medical student's neck from doing something that. Yeah. Exactly. unsafe. So we're educated differently. Before I became a nurse practitioner, I already had eight years of education, of you know, college, etc. Our education is specialized. It prepares us specifically to care, diagnose, treat, and manage routine health care as well as chronic and health coordinate that care And coordinate that saying. care. Yes. Multiple studies have been done, most recently in 2004, where they compared a nurse practitioner care model and a physician practice, and there were no differences in the health status, in the physiological measures, in the satisfaction, the use of the specialists, emergency department, or inpatient care. So ongoing are the research. We've probably, nurse practitioners are probably more Research exactly. than any other healthcare group in the then in, in aspirin the, the, right exactly <laughs> so you know we bring to the table this wealth of coordination this long term interdisciplinary sort of that's how we function function exactly. Exactly. exactly so so what I also think is really important is how we may be able to help reduce healthcare costs by virtue of those characteristics and what your thoughts are on that, because certainly that's the concern, too, besides quality, cost. Well, you know, remember that cost is not just what comes out of the wallet or the bank account. Right. Healthcare costs, we also have to look at illness prevention, health promotion, healthcare outcomes, lengths of stay in hospitals, emergency department visits, all of those things that add to the healthcare costs. As early as 1981, 1981, Mimi, the Office of Technology Assistance of the United States government demonstrated that nurse practitioners provided equivalent or improved health care 
at a lower cost than physicians did. I mean, that is 1981. (laughs) What we also know is the labor cost per visit and the total labor cost visits for patients are lower with nurse practitioners than with physicians. In facilities like long-term care centers or HMOs where nurse practitioners are, the role of the nurse practitioner is strong. It, It really is the foundation. The costs when you had a nurse practitioner physician team, the costs were 42% lower where you have a nurse practitioner and a physician working together. Shorter length of stay, fewer specialty visits. It's all about knowing who the players on your team are and knowing... And then also, how about the focus on education and counseling and patient oh, advocacy that is part of us, that our is role so as nurses? That is so part of us. That is so part of us. And, you know, I know that you, I know that I, my teaching the patient begins the second we have eye contact. Exactly. All of the things that, you know, we need to do this. We're truly partnering with the patient. The whole idea of the medical home and primary care is about the patient-centeredness. Exactly. Even in the recent Massachusetts Health quality cost final report came out. Uh, You know, they emphasized that the nurse practitioner in the primary care role as part of the member of the primary care team is one of the most important ways to control costs. And so as we think about the future, certainly there is a trend. You're the director of the Rocky Mountain University doctorate in nursing program out of Utah, there is a trend toward expanding our education even further. What do you think about that? I think that it's necessary because we didn't learn everything we needed to know in kindergarten, contrary to the popular book. But building on knowledge is imperative in any profession, continuing education, et cetera. We're seeing now the trend toward the doctorate in nursing practice, which helps facilitate further knowledge about research, applying the evidence-based practice, bringing that research that we have right to the back to the bedside. It also enables us another opportunity for nurses who don't want to be research wonks like me. I'm not a researcher. I'm a qualitative person. That's great. Very much into policy, not into the statistics, but it allows us to educate our future educators and allows us to teach the future providers about the next step in learning. And so the doctorate in nursing practice is very much a clinical doctorate, and it's very much about bringing the evidence of what is good care and what is high-quality, low-cost care and bringing that to the bedside, wherever that bed may be. I think that's very well said, and I think that's important for our listeners, important for people to understand how much we bring to the health care that we provide. And I want to thank you today, Dr. Marie Eileen O'Neill, for coming on the show. And I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, and you're listening to ReachMD, XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at reachmd.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.